Hello and welcome to today's episode of Platinum Talks Wealth. Emmy-nominated journalist Jennifer Rogers Markwell changed gears in her television career when she realized the need to help women make sense of investing. She regularly hosts educational workshops to empower women and others to take charge of their financial future. Now, join your host, Platinum Wealth Management President Jennifer Rogers Markwell as she leads us into the world of money memories, money infidelities, and how these can mold our relationships relationship with our personal finances as adults. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, it's Jennifer Rogers Markwell. You're joining us today on Platinum Talks Wealth podcast. Uh, we are joined by Tidra Chanel, who has quite a unique story. And thank you for joining us and tell us more about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. Well, my name is Tidra Chanel. I am a mindset strategist, but I didn't start that way. Um, In 2013, I was living life, the struggle life. I was on the struggle bus. I was broke and broken um, and decided that something had to change in my life. And um, I started reading self-development. Think and Grow Rich was the first book that I was introduced to. And that later became what I call my Bible. And um, it was that book that taught me how powerful I was, how we are as human beings, and how I truly have the ability to create the life of my dreams. But I really had to shift my mindset because I was so negative. Um, And I started sharing my journey on YouTube. And that led me to opening my business or starting my business. I'm also a podcaster as well. Well, we talked briefly when we were chatting before about money memories, right? Like how that memory can really mold you as an adult from what you think back to that first money experience that you had. And you had some fascinating stories, not only from yourself and your own world, but, but clients as well. Um, mm-hmm. would love you to share some of those. Well, my money's, I was raised in a middle-class uh, household by a single mom. And my mom was an entrepreneur and she worked really, really hard for her money. She was a a seamstress and a designer and she would stay up all night long making dresses for weddings and she literally can make anything. Um, I wouldn't say that we struggled, Um, at least as a child, I didn't recognize a struggle, right? But um, what I later found out in life is that my mom was barely keeping things afloat, right? Because she didn't charge enough for her services. To to have a client come in or a customer come in and say, hey, I want this. Uh, they have a picture of this $20,000 dress. And she turns around and makes it for $2,000. Like, you know, there's a, a huge disconnect there. So what I didn't realize is that was helping to form my money story because my mom didn't value herself enough to charge her worth. Like if someone brings you a picture of a $20,000 dress and want you to replicate it, which she totally had the ability to do, she should have charged at least 10K, right? So that filtered into my business where I thought that low, low ticket was the way to go. And one thing that I've realized is low ticket is even more exhausting than high ticket, right? Because you you attract a certain caliber of person. 
Um, and I was really struggling in my business, just thinking that I always had to be creating something because if you're charging less than a hundred dollars for a thing, then you're always having to create. Right. And so I had to really recognize where that came from. And that came from my mother. Um, and then also when I was 18, I got married. I married my father is what I say, because my first husband was an alcoholic. And I was a, a mom to little babies. I had toddlers. And so I really couldn't get out and work, but my husband worked. And by the time he would get home, he was flat broke, okay, on payday. Uh, we moved 13 times in a year. Wow. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a lot because there was no stability there, right? But I wasn't of the mindset yet to really understand or, or even fathom that I was creating that experience, right? Um, so needless to say that ended in divorce and, um, I've dealt with being suicidal. I've been homeless. I was a teen mom, like all of the things, but, you know, in my early thirties, I had to really come to the realization that I had created this mess, right? Because of everything that was going on within in my subconscious mind. And so that's really how my journey began, but my money story is still evolving. You know, I wouldn't say that I am perfect with money, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. Where, like your story is so powerful. Where for you, did you take that upon yourself and say, wow, this is something that I'm putting out in the universe. How did you come to that conclusion to be able to know that, to be able to try to move forward? Mm -hmm. I um, attempted suicide for the final time in 2012. October 11th, 2012. And I ended up in a behavioral center for 11 days. And it was there that I really got to be around people who genuinely had mental challenges. And so I had to look at myself and say, well, your shit is not that bad, right? What you have going on is not that bad. And then another pivotal thing that happened was my oldest daughter, she was a teenager at the time. We were standing outside of my car. We were going some, getting ready to go somewhere. And I don't know what I said, but um, her response was, why are you always a negative Nancy? And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And it, it really stopped me in my tracks. I couldn't be mad at her. But it really forced me to think that, oh, shoot, maybe I am creating this horrible life for me and my children. And the fact that I, I didn't find out that my children are being affected because we are delusional, I guess. And we tell ourselves it's only affecting me. Yeah. I don't talk to my kids about it. They don't know. Right. But she definitely picked up on it. And, and that was probably the biggest catalyst to the change that I've made. Um, and like I said, it started with Think and Grow Rich. Someone posted it on Instagram. And even though I was broke as a joke, I could afford to go on Amazon and purchase that $4 book. I still have it to this day. And um, I started reading the book. And it was in that book where it talks a lot about mindset and how we create our realities. And whatever's going on in your mind is just mirrored into your world. Um, so yeah, that, that was the biggest thing is it was what my daughter said to me. 
I'm at a loss for words with all that you've gone through. What advice are you giving them if they were in your footsteps before to kind of evolve and move forward? Is that they, I see so much of me in them. So our stories really parallel, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why they're attracted to me because there's something that I went through that I've shared that they are going through right now. Um, And I really, I'm the tough love strategist, right? I'm not the one that's really going to, I'm not rude by any means, (laughs) right? But I I just want it for them so badly that I don't placate. Like, I don't want anyone to placate me you know what I mean or coddle me because I just don't feel like it's very effective um and you know I'm 40 I'll be 43 in a couple of weeks so I'm just like we we got more behind us than we do in front of us right so it's kind of to a point where we just have to kind of get rid of the excuses and get to work Um, so, um, I, I teach them based on my experiences and if I haven't gone through it, I can't tell you how to get through it genuinely. Right. So I only focus on what I know. Um, it's very much tough love, but they all really do appreciate it because it is that push that they, that they need. When it comes to, I mean, I feel like with money memories, it's such a unique thing, right? There's folks that are like, oh, I think of money this way. I'm scared of it. It's not a tool to me, or I was, you know, brought up in a family that we struggled to get food on the table. And that's where I go. Mm-hmm. Even if you're, you know, at a point in life where you're like, Hey, I'm doing okay. I'm successful. Whatever that looks like to you definably money is a point of everything, right? How are you utilizing it? Are you not utilizing it? Are you scared of it? Or is it a tool in your world? Yeah. Well, first we have to define that. Right. And for most of my clients, it is, they don't believe there's enough to go around. And I take them through this exercise and I say, I want you to go outside and I want you to count all of the blades of grass in your yard. And then I want you to count every single leaf on the trees in your yard, right? And they're like, you're crazy. There's way too many of them. And I'm like, well, when you put that on a bigger scale and think of all of the blades of grass on the entire earth and all the leaves on the tree, the earth, our world is just so abundant. And so money is the same way, right? Yeah. So that's the first shift that has to happen is there's more than enough to go around because you, it's them thinking it's not enough for me, right? It's, it's them thinking that I'll never be that millionaire. I'll never have that successful business or I'll never be able to travel the world to these lavish places or I'll never be able to buy my dream home. So it starts there. There's more than enough. And then we have to figure out where does this come from? And it always stems from the childhood. There's always a moment that they can remember or recall where their their parent or someone who, you know, who they're the closest to said something, or it's an energy that lived within their home, right? But we always have to define what that is and figure out what that is. And that's the only way to really dispel that belief. Powerful. And, and I feel like it's a conversation that a lot of generations and, and you said a lot of families don't have, you know, nobody sits at the t- Well, some people do, but not a lot of people sit at the table and talk about like how to manage money or how to manage a checkbook or how to save for retirement. Like that's not a common conversation. Like 
I was raised by my grandparents. They were very, very old school in their thoughts. And for them, they were depression kids. So it was getting food on the table was a big deal. Having enough food to feed, you know, their brothers and sisters was a huge deal. So for them, they didn't have that mindset of, of that at all. Their mindset was we're going to stockpile some cans because we're going to have canned food because we're going to be good and we're going to be able to feed people. And that was priority. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of open that conversation up to different households and families that have not normally had this conversation? Well, that's easy for me because uh, as you guys can see, I am a brown girl, right? Um, And in our household, it's just not talked about. So because the largest part of my audience are brown people, I already know what that conversation looks like because it didn't exist. And um, so I know how to, to start the conversation right? The conversation starts by saying, you know, unfortunately, we have whole adults, 30-somethings, 40-somethings. My audience goes up. I think the oldest person in my audience is like 67. And even at that point, they're still not really good with money. They still haven't had the conversation. They're just kind of going through life ebbing and flowing and and losing money, making money, losing money and making money. And they don't know why. They don't understand that it's an energy. It's it's it comes from a subconscious belief. So we just start at the beginning, you know, where do I start with them? We start at the beginning. And I am the person that we just going to rip the band-aid off, right? And um because a lot of people just don't have that conversation. Yeah, I, I find that too. And it's it, across the board in a, in a lot of families, quite frankly. It's interesting too. I feel like for us, it's really starting the conversation with kids too, oh, right? Yeah. So they can grow up differently than maybe we did or mm-hmm. having those conversations that we definitely didn't have as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned your your family as well. And I'm assuming you're sharing this wealth of knowledge with your little ones. Absolutely, yeah. So they get their allowances every other week. And we allow them to make their decisions, right? But we teach them from a point of, you never want to spend everything that you have, okay? You want to break it up. You want to save. You want to have money that you can give or buy gifts for your siblings when it's their birthday or Christmas. And then you have this little portion where um, you, how can you make that money make money, right? Even if it's in the smallest way, how can you make your money make money? Because that's, what makes most sense to me. And then you, you know, you go out and you shop and you make, you buy things that make you feel good in the moment. Um, but we are a debt-free household, you know, Fantastic. we have, we have been for a really long time because frankly, we just don't like the way it feels to have to pay car notes and, you know, things like that. So we've just chosen to, it's delayed gratification, right? You know, you save and you wait and then you'll appreciate it so much more. But our kids are definitely learning those lessons and building businesses as we speak. That's fantastic. I feel like looking back when we were younger, right? Because I'm about the same age as you. Looking back, I feel like credit cards were a thing. They were bombarded at us, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like we didn't have the the knowledge, I speak for myself, I didn't have the knowledge, right? When credit cards were being thrown at me saying, hey, it's free money. It's not free money. You're paying it. You're paying an interest rate. So I commend you for, for being out of debt because that's so powerful. And that's so powerful to teach your kids too. Yeah. But we had to bump our heads a lot, right? We, did. we learned it the hard way, but hopefully we're <laughs> yeah. helping others learn from, you know, mistakes we made along the way. And, and so they don't have to make the same ones we did. Absolutely. Cause it just feels so much better when, 
you're free from debt and you're not having these huge bills loom over your head every single month. Um, you know, like I, I think I said in our previous conversation is you're able to live for a living when you don't have to worry about paying so much debt every single month. Yeah. That needs to be on like a t-shirt and a bumper sticker. Yes. I want to <laughs> live for a living. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So another thing we kind of chatted about was money and fidelities, right? We, we hear about them. We've lived them. People talk about them. What can we learn from them? And what have you learned from them? And what have you learned from others around you? Um, well, what I've learned is that they can absolutely destroy a relationship, first and foremost, whether it's intimate or non-intimate, it can definitely destroy a relationship. And I think we can even have them those infidelities with ourselves because we tend to lie to ourselves about our money, right? Yeah. Um, and we're not being fully transparent with ourselves. So we can go out and spend, you know, ten thousand dollars on purses and shoes and things like that, knowing full well, we can't afford knowing that once we really sit with it, we're going to get this pit in the bottom of our stomachs. When we think about, okay, I have my rent or my mortgage due, I have my car note due and all of these things. And then you start beating yourself up because you made a dumb decision, right? You, you went for instant gratification versus the, the, the delayed gratification. So that's number one. When you really start to beat yourself up, your vibration goes low, and then you just start to attract things that you really don't want, and it, it just creates this domino effect. But as I said um, in our previous conversation, my kid's father recently went out and purchased a BMW cash, which meant it came from our you know, large, um, savings account. Right. Um, and I didn't find out about it until the very next day. And, you know, that's, that's That's not a a five, $10,000 thing, right? This is tens of thousands of dollars. And, uh, I was not devastated, but I was definitely disappointed because he's really, really good with finances. He's the reason I'm as good with finances as I am. And for him to go out and to buy something, such a large ticket item without discussing it at all was very disappointing. And we still haven't had that conversation, Mm. but it's coming because I don't forget anything. (laughs) And that's a big one, right? Like that's definable. Is that an infidelity? Is it not? I mean, you had said before, can we afford it? Yes. But that's, you know, something that normally you discuss. Right. It's like when you think about infidelities, we most most of us will think about a spouse cheating or a partner cheating. Right. It's Mm -hmm. the unknown. I don't know what you're out there doing and you're sneaking and doing it and not telling me because you know how I'm going to react. So, yeah, I definitely see that as an infidelity because he chose not to. He chose to admit it as if I wasn't going to find out. You'll have to let us know how that conversation. Right. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Ah. Well, before we wrap up, what are other you know tips or tricks that you know or you utilize for saving money? Everybody has their own unique ones that they do. I make more money because here's the thing. I like to circulate money. I love to shop. I want to be able to buy whatever I want whenever I want it. And that's just that abundance mindset because I come from a very, um, I had a struggle story. You know, there was a point in time where I couldn't buy anything. I couldn't afford to, I could barely afford to pay my rent. I had three cars repossessed. So now I know if I want to go out and spend whatever I want, whenever I want, I have to make 10 times as much money. 
So that would be my biggest thing is to have multiple sources of income so that when you do want to go out on a whim and go on a vacation just because you're stressed out or you see something at Louis Vuitton and you're like, I really want that $3,000 bag. You don't really have to think about it because you have so many sources of income that it's not a big deal. I, I tease that I'm kind of the $5 shirt girl, right? I want the $200 shirt for $5 with a coupon, but I still right. like the nice things, but I want it at a bargain. We have multiple bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is what I would suggest to your audience. Start put and name them, right? Name them and start putting X amount of dollars into that account every single month. And we have a fund that's called blow money. So every single time we get paid, we're putting money into that blow money fund. So if I have $10,000 in that blow money account and I want to spend $10,000, I can do it and not feel guilty about it because of all of the other accounts and investments that we have. As long as it's coming from that specific account. As long as it's coming from the blow money account, I don't have to tell anybody about it and I don't have to feel guilty about it. Yeah, that goes back to old school philosophy, like grandparents had the envelopes, right? Back in the day. And it was like the Christmas money. So Mm -hmm. if you're buying somebody gifts or birthday gifts or whatever, that would go in that envelope and it was already earmarked for something specific. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, pleasure speaking with you and thanks for your time. And as always, thanks for everyone for spending some time with us today. We hope that you'll join us again in our next Platinum Talks Wealth podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Platinum Talks Wealth, please subscribe and share. For more information about Jennifer Rogers Markwell or Platinum Wealth Management, please visit www.platinumwealth.net. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA and SIPC. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. The guest speakers and their companies are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial or Platinum Wealth Management. 